Good morning ladies and gentlemen welcome to my channel we are on the last part of Rahu and Ketu study part 27 after this we'll do a couple of conclusive statements because i'm getting a lot of all through this series i was getting a lot of intuition a lot of insight more depth for you to study the chart of yourself your friends family and then see more precisely why Rahu and Ketu behave as certain imposters in certain case certain amplifiers in certain case and so on many things are there i'll cover it in parts and included part of this playlist so keep watching so we are in the bharani nakshatra rahu in bharani now bharani let's review the what bharani is about it's the main key to understanding nakshatras is to study the deity ruling deity and the symbol and then study the energies okay just setting it out there for you guys so deity is yama is the lord of dharma or the lord of death but yama is portrayed in vedic texts as the one who stands as on the other side of life okay so he is all about doing the right thing doing the right thing and the symbol is the womb okay so the energy of bharani passionately driven sexual driven lot of creativity lot of receptive energy think of the womb as the receptacle okay internalizing cleansing rebirthing transformation through life children focus fights all the struggles of lives fighting for social causes social reformers they can be straight and blunt approach they have mystery and secrets they are prone to jealousy judgmental unpredictable unusual kind of behavior the life lesson is to keep respectable boundaries and bearing restraint the womb holds the child and doesn't let it just fall off out it holds it till the child is fully developed and then gives birth this is called bearing restraint the womb knows how to bear restraint to produce a new life yes <clears throat> so bearing restraint and control in order to protect holding the burden responsibility to deliver like the womb that's bharani now we stick in rahu in here and he does all of these things in an unorthodox way now rahu being rahu he can be more focused on the sexual aspect of bharani for example depends upon where the dispositor is bharani in this case being mars and mars is very passionately driven the dispositor is mars right aries we are talking about aries libra axis now or they can become very focused on children issues there is a lot of it going on right now circa 2023 about children's issues children's education children's health you know all kinds of issues are out there so bharani and rahu in this will become a great force in driving for social justice for children driving for better education better health care for children and so all kind of children issues come because bharani is the womb it holds the child it protects the child it nurtures the child fights all struggles fight for social causes this may become a big Uh, like a driving force for rahu depending upon where mars is sitting let's say if mars is sitting in the 6th house it will become all about their daily work even maybe so that's what bharani does now look at the pada this is squarely in aries so we are talking about all uh, four padas of bharani in aries okay and on the other side it will shift from 
Vishakhat Swati. Okay, so let's examine Padawise and let's see where it goes. So number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, what is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon found by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah. So these two intersection points are called the north node and the south node. They are virtual nodes although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I'm using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical. Yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay. So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing since it has no arms or body or stomach, right? just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits or think any of the signs literally whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way. It is not a planet. It's a virtual node but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu on the other hand is mythologically depicted as the severe body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant endless insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab onto everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything, but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp onto everything, thinking, oh, I want this, or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life, walking from place to place, people, situations, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Moksha Karaka. Now this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book 
on light on life by robert so was an excellent book i have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it i seriously suggest that okay the north node of the moon rahu what does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts what does rahu lead to in the modern context rahu is responsible for originality individuality independence insight ingenuity inspiration and imagination on the positive side because rahu and ketu both love to explore foreign stuff things out of the box things not taught by tradition rahu and ketu will be anything but traditional okay think of it as something foreign to the culture to the way you are taught things looking for original stuff if there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing so to speak thinking out of the box it is this that's why it's important to pay attention to this okay back to this so rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion escapism neurosis psychosis deception addiction vagueness illusion and delusion this is the downside now how this plays out and why we'll have to see individually in the charts we will see we'll see that okay ketu ketu the guy with only the body no head there is gives us the feeling of universality impressionability idealism intuition compassion spirituality self sacrifice subtleness on the positive side on the downside it can lead to eccentricity fanaticism explosiveness violence unconventionality amorality iconoclasm impulsiveness and emotional tensions this is on the downside this is what it plays out and rahu ketu is typically an axis like we shown over there right rahu ketu let me remove myself for the time being from that axis okay there you are so you see it as an axis okay 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses it can play out in 172839 410 etc etc it can be you'll see that later but this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life in your different houses are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see okay to stand opposite to each other so if it plays out in second house it detaches itself from the eighth house if rahu is in second house it ketu will be in the eighth house you see what i mean and so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here second house with that aspect shown over there of course it plays out with something called as dispositors we shall see that next now if you go to a traditional vedic astrology they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors what the hell is a dispositor it's an invented term by the vedic astrologers it is no meaning of its own it shows the disposition and what's the story on this rahu and ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon this is the basic principle so it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect the solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of rahu and ketu okay the solar or the dispositor means since rahu and ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own remember it's a virtual node it is not a planet they both do not have any planetary characteristic individually so they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in 
and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in suppose mercury is in the third house okay and rahu sits in the house of mercury somewhere else so it will borrow the attributes of mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house wherever rahu is sitting in got it nakshatras since rahu and ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own individually they take on the shade of personality nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality it's coloring of a personality it's seeing the world through different colored glasses that they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities so rahu and ketu do two things at the same time at the solar level it goes with the dispositor that is all of the planets physical planets mercury mars venus sun moon so on so they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting if it sits in rahu sits in cancer it will you have to look for where moon is sitting which house and what it is doing there and even the moon nakshatra if it is sitting in leo rahu in leo that means it you have to look for where sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house so it will bring those attributes that's the way you have to analyze this okay let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why and there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating rahu and ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self development to understand where they are coming from if you're not interested in changing yourself this entire channel is useless for you but if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life where do i need to go what are my talents and you question these kinds of things excuse the noise somebody is drilling about so then you need to understand these aspects now that's the typical chart indian chart and house numbers are depicted as 1 2 3 4 up till 12 dharma artha kama moksha is there and i have stuck rahu ketu as possible axis on the 1 7 that is aries and libra that is the top and the bottom so either it can go to house number 1 or 7 rahu ketu can be reversed it's okay it doesn't matter or in 4 and 10 Now, one, four, seven, and ten in Vedic astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are, that define how you operate in life throughout life. So these become crucial. Why the one, seven axis affects if Rahu and Ketu fall on there has a direct effect on your self and other concept. One and seven is self and other. How you re- relate to yourself and how you relate, look at the world around you as others. including the spouse because seventh house is the house of the spouse but also others so how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others so it defines who you are in a very broad sense one seven axis of rahu ketu the fourth and on the other hand fourth house being the house of the mother tenth being father fourth being home tenth being career you see this has a you know all kinds of implications which define who you are the 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career right you dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world heart is your home your home center where you feel comfortable home is where the heart is that kind of a thing 
so heart and home is affected by this rahu ketu axis again rahu and ketu might be reversed rahu might be in the fourth ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa same way with one and seven but these are the vital relating aspects of rahu and ketu now what about the rest of the houses now rest of the houses are called trikona or kona in sanskrit right these are the things that come and go in your life let be second house third house fifth house sixth eighth ninth eleventh and twelfth these are the things that come and go in our life through life through your entire life these are things that are added into subtracted from us but this is not us one four seven and ten is us everything else is secondary which revolves around you as life comes and goes all other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life that's all it is they are less significant in terms of rahu and ketu when compared to 1 7 4 and 10 axis of rahu and ketu please remember this when you evaluating you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others rahu is attachment ketu is detachment rahu is expansion ketu is reduction and they stand opposite to each other all this right now let's take the cases one by one so we have the fourth pada we are starting with the fourth pada that's rahu over there this ketu over there and this is the rahu ketu axis going from artha to dharma so dharma moksha sorry artha to moksha always dharma to kama we shall see that in the conclusive studies what this might mean okay so moksha aries to scorpio so it's mars to mars okay from natal to navamsha and on the other side Ketu is sitting from Libra to Taurus again Venus to Venus so it's the same Mars to Venus push and pull energy we are talking about in this case the only thing we have to take care is Aries going to Scorpio makes it more emotional Libra going to Taurus makes it more earthly in nature so they might become more emotional and more earthly later in life that's what this axis is and remember once it goes to Aries and Libra as long as we are in the natal rahu and ketu do very well because these are movable signs once it transits to namamsha once it goes to scorpio and taurus they become tight they become more rigid in nature these are the kind of people who may become more rigid about things later on in life okay that's the way to look at this there are other ways which we shall examine later let's see pada 3 so there we have in pada 3 rahu and ketu So now we are still in Vishakha Nakshatra and Bharani. Bharani to Vishakha. Always remember to see the nakshatras as well, not just the dispositors. Dispositors just the solar, which we are talking about Mars and Venus, but the nakshatra is going from Bharani to Vishakha. So here the axis is of Aries Libra and Libra Aries. So we are talking about the flip of personality later. The kind of shift of energies between Rahu shifts from Aries to Libra means Rahu want. in later on in life is shift towards venus it goes from mars towards venus and ketu goes from venus to mars so what will this energy kind of lead to bharani wants to as i said achieve everything about righteousness social causes women's issues they might even become pediatricians by the way obg and pediatricians doctors surgeons come from here very strong bharani in their nakshatra which to make it into a profession which is doctors pediatricians maybe and 
on the other side ketu they need to bring that energy of aries to initiate and bring something into libra this will be more focused i would think on the ideologies the social causes the social reformers because this aries libra and libra aries of rahu ketu can be strong in terms of ideology in terms of new thought relating to children relating to women's issues okay next let's see the second pada now within the second pada which is over there rahu is there in second pada of bharani and now ketu has moved to swati nakshatra the individual the individualistic so in this case ketu brings it that high degree of individual thought individual thinking ketu in swati becomes very wisely individualistic swati is a devagana bharani is a rakshasagana so they want to bring the practical aspects of whatever they need to achieve in this life because this is pisces virgo they bring the wisdom the dispositor here is jupiter into the reality now this is the axis i would think which would define making doctors pediatricians obg gynecologists right because it's bharani so ati going into bharani they might even become lecturers and professors in uni- medical universities regarding the same subject yeah so this is a beautiful axis as well let's see the first pada so in the fourth pad also it is bharani versus swati but now we are talking libra to aquarius and aries to leo so aries libra axis all right mars venus all right in the natal but now we are talking navamsha leo aquarius this is the wisdom that ketu brings of having knowledge of the masses social reformers they need knowledge of the masses what is the pulse of the masses what are people thinking about what are women thinking about they are talking about bharani it's about women it's about children so what are the masses thinking of aquarius is all about the 11th house the masses and ketu brings in that wisdom from the past life and brings it as a leadership position going into leo that's what they need to bring okay in order to be successful social reformers not just activists but we are talking about doing something for a greater good these people can become leaders in this in this kind of an arena right that's what this particular energy brings that ladies and gentlemen concludes the 27 parts now next video onwards i shall start examining the conclusive notes for rahu and ketu study and what all to observe the finer aspects like we are zooming in the finer general aspects and probably i don't know i might take in some or two case studies to place it in a chart and then see what happens you know just to get a more grounded idea let's see how it goes i'll just leave it whatever comes to me i'll share it with you surely meanwhile take care be safe